Welcome to Sound As Ever, an Australian music folk podcast produced by young content producers and radio makers interested in exploring stories and issues in the Australian music scene. This episode focuses on the Australian sound in the current music industry and how genre and language blending in music is creating a new wave of music exploration and creative freedoms. This episode was produced by Elsie Bath and Shajuti Hussain. Yo, well, when I was a kid back at Arnhem Land, so remote community, um, I walk around and then these um, cousins always like go around and just talking, like just teasing each other and also like rapping, but in and but rapping in language, but like mucking around, not made, like not taking it seriously, just like mucking. Da, 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 da. This is Dan Zell. You might know him as Baker Boy. He has blown up in the last year following the release of his debut single, Cloud Nine. It captivated the music industry and set the 21-year-old on the steady road to success. I'm a proud black young boy with a killer flow. Listen to the energy, listen to it blow. Yeah, it's a pretty hectic ride. There's not much opportunities in, like, Arnhem Land, I guess, or back home. So I wanted to get out and find it myself. So I did that. And I did, I did find it. Because I've only started rapping end of last year, which is crazy. Um, so it's going to be nearly a year now. Because like families always um, singing uh, song lines and they sing like in native tongues and all that stuff. I grew up around um, a lot of singers and um, rappers that are like kind of inspired me for like, becoming a rapper as well. My dad started um, getting into hip hop in the 80s. Um, he was pretty sick and he kind of introduced hip hop to me and I was just like, wow, what is this? I'm in love. Known as the Fresh Prince amongst his friends and family at home, Baker Boy is one of the many musicians in Australia that are sharing their culture with the wider community through their music. In his case, this comes through incorporating his language into his sound. My name is Shijuri and I've discovered that this emerging trend has made me enjoy music on a higher level. I'm hearing genres blended together, other languages interlaced with English and interesting instruments brought into mainstream music. I'm curious to find out the social, political and creative implications of this shift. How will this new wave of music from artists of colour shape the Australian sound? What motivates artists to produce culturally charged music? While for Baker Boy, rapping in language is not necessarily a political statement. It's the clearest way he can express himself creatively while connecting with his community and his audience. It's got like this crazy, like tongue, sick flow, I guess. Like, um, and it sounds like it's a, it sounds like a beat and but a vocal and like, it's also useful so young kids back home can listen to it and go, I know what he's saying in my language, I know that language, like, say, and then they understand what I'm saying. And that's why I kind of like put it out there and start rapping in language as well so young kids can listen to it and also show them that we can also have like our own language in Australia too. Growing up in the Yui community in northeastern Arnhem Land, Northern Territory, Baker Boy hails from a part of the country that has birthed major Australian icons like Yothu Yindi and Dr. Jiyunu Pingu. 
Straight out of high school, he was accepted into a performing arts school in Brisbane for his dancing. From there, he was recognised for his talents by Indigenous hip-hop projects, after which he began working with them. Safe to say, it's been an intense few years ending in the creation of Cloud9. I just had this crazy moment of just mucking around, I guess. We were just, because we, we were totally mucking around and they, every, like these brother boys, they always kind of jump into me and say, oh, can you, can you, um, can you rap for us, please? And I'm like, I can't rap. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't know how to rap. And I said, I was thinking to myself, oh, next time I might do something so I don't look stupid or something. So I went back home, started writing. I came back a um, couple of days later and then out of nowhere, they caught me off guard again, started beatboxing and started rapping. And then they turned around to me, Kevin Denzel, your turn, come on, come on. And I was like, I started singing Cloud9, um, the verses, some of the verses and they just went, what? Joe, Joe, big boy in the town. I'm on cloud nine. There are many people in the music industry that are dissecting what Australian music really is by reaching out and trying to include a breadth of representation in the stories exchanged. Catherine Geiler and I love paint and colour. This is all our stories. And these are all our stories. Yeah, man, these are all our stories. This is all our history and stories. And these are all our stories. These are our stories. <laughs> Good afternoon. You are listening to All Our Stories. Here on PBS with Jess and Leah, we do this thing every Monday, 1 till 3 p.m., and we love it, don't we? Yeah, we're pretty lucky. It's probably one of the favourite parts of my week, not going to lie. It's pretty special. Jess and Leah have been presenting a weekly show on PBS for the last seven years where they talk to artists, including musicians, about how their stories are expressed through their work, helping to influence the sound of Australian music along the way. I guess um, the title, All Our Stories, kind of... Um says that we want to make sure that all of the stories that make up who we are as a society are represented. I think it's really important to find your community. I don't think you can make music in a vacuum. I don't think music is meant to be made or experienced in a vacuum. Often there's a whole movement and community behind that person or those people. Like artists are really starting to reach out and see each other across all of the noise and that in itself is truly revolutionary because mm. I think for many years, for many years in Australian history, it seems like the way to succeed is to uh, modify yourself and fit in with the way the industry and with the way that culture was working. And now what I'm seeing is people are standing in the wholeness of their own experience and, and identity and that is becoming a successful way to forge a career. And that is so exciting. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And it's exciting for everybody because it's just far more interesting. Mm. And we all benefit. Yeah, we all benefit, you know, like there's so much more texture and color and perspective. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, it's really exciting for everyone. It's really important for people to hear their own stories. So the artists like Remy, for example, or Sampa the Great, um, who are yeah, really forging the way and kind of telling this new Australian story and these new these experiences that they've gone through. And then, you know, there's these younger generations that are going to listen to that and be able to relate to that and feel a part of this country because I think um, there's so many uh, gaps in, in, in our stories and in the stories that are upheld, in the narratives, the kind of national narratives that are upheld. And if you don't hear your own story and you don't hear something that you can relate to, how on earth do you feel like you belong somewhere? I am a broadcaster, a producer and an educator. Uh, My background is Papua New Guinean. I'm a very proud Tolai woman. This is Namilla Benson. We first spoke about belonging and I really identified with some of the things that she said. You said that you really feel so connected with your family and culture in Papua New Guinea and obviously you were brought up here so you feel connected here too and it feels like you have your feet firmly placed on both places. And I really like that for a few reasons because I'm someone who immigrated here when I was little and I never felt like that, like connected to my heritage back in Bangladesh, which is where I come from and I think a lot of people are in the same boat as me. What do you think helped you feel more connected It's exactly as you say. I think music definitely plays a big part of that. And music for all of us is connected to our histories. We've got particular forms of music that are kind of signposts for what was happening at any stage um, throughout our lives. With years of being asked to comment on the union between artists' cultural background and their body of work, Namila has more than one opinion on how we talk about topics like diversity in music. Look, there's definitely benefits to being able to tell your own story Mm -hmm. and to be able to share your own insights on a particular issue, but that can also get really exhausting. So often First Nations artists have to explain or justify Aboriginality and indigeneity um, just as African, Islander, you know, Like, why do black and brown artists always have the onus on them Mm. to have to talk about those particular issues when they're happening within the broader community? Mm. I mean, yes, they're activists sometimes by virtue of doing what they do, but what if they just want to sing about partying? Why is there always this deeper sense of responsibility? You know, it takes away from their creativity. And can you imagine how big a burden that is to when you, all you want to do is focus on writing your lyrics. And sometimes the message is in the lyrics and in the music, but on top of that, also having to um, be expected, like the onus of responsibility constantly on you to have to justify, explain and talk through social and political movements and issues, etc. Like it's just something that white artists never have to do. Artists like Baker Boy are overcoming this hurdle of having to explain their lyrics, motivation and inspiration as musicians by making an effort to connect with audiences through their music instead of focusing on getting political. I try in like in my own way, kind of try to balance the world so we could all have equality, I guess. I just want to be like a bridge in the middle and just try to get those two connected two worlds and yeah. Like, so we can all come together as one and, wow, I wish it could work, like, I wish it would happen, 
but not sure how long it's gonna take for that to happen. But I'm I'm gonna keep doing my thing and get much people to do the do what I'm doing or jump on my boat. By shifting the spotlight away from political struggles and onto the music, musicians and broadcasters alike are able to expose their audiences to new Australian artists without forcing them to dissect every cultural component and focus on the differences. I think where music is headed is actually where we really want it to head from, from an All Our Stories perspective. And that is around music not just being a thing that we listen to or go and watch on stages. It's a culture, it's a whole story surrounding it, it's community, it's interaction, it's belonging. It's so much bigger than just the song or the artist. And music uh, where the lyrics aren't front and centre, you just kind of get an experience of it being around. And so I think it sinks in somewhere really beautifully. And I feel like language isn't irrelevant. Poetry and lyrics are so important. But also, yeah, you get to have this experience that is a embodied one. And that is one of the gorgeous things about art and music. You, you can kind of experience it on so many different levels. What a unique idea. What if we didn't have to rally anymore, sign petitions or have heated conversations to change broader society's views? What if all we had to really do was listen to the beat that we've never heard before, the lyrics we don't understand and broaden our view this way? I know you have experienced music like this. Everyone has, including Namila. I love those moments where I'm driving in the car and I just have to pull over or I'm at home around the house and I just have to stop what I'm doing so I can listen and be in the moment with what I'm hearing at the you know at any given point in time because my sensory perception of uh, towards this sound aesthetic, whatever it may be, a song or a person's voice or their story, etc., is just like it pulls me in. What's that famous saying where they say music gets into places where words can't? Yeah, I don't need to understand the lyrics of, of a particular song in order for it to spark a, an emotional response in me. Like, and it might not necessarily be the response that's intended, but I think that's part of being a musician, is once you create this beautiful thing, you send it out into the world and it's actually no longer yours. Like you have no control over how someone is going to receive that and respond to it. <laughs> Having sent many songs out into the world, three of the members from Melbourne band The Fifths joined me in the studio to talk about how they mesh cultural influences and language together in their tracks. By using a mix of Hindi, Tamil, Telugu and English, The Fifths are breaking language barriers in music one electropop Bollywood beat at a time. I'm Rohan, uh, one of the singers for The Fifths. My name is AP and I'm the drummer in The Fifths. And I'm Sarang, I'm the keyboardist in the band. And we have Harsha in Absentia, <laughs> who's a guitarist, and another uh, one of our friends, Adi. We've been a band for about, I think, three and a half, 
couple years now. It's been longer, man. Been longer. Five years, man. Five years. Come on. Wow. Time, Keep time, up. Yeah, exactly. The cliche goes, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> And I think the Hindi and English, I don't know, you would have realized when you listen to it, I think it comes naturally because we all speak Hindi, but because we spend so much time overseas, it's just a natural blend. Um, and for those of you who didn't quite understand the lyrics, it's about um, good riddance, getting rid of that ex or that girlfriend who you knew was a bad idea for the... boyfriend. Or boyfriend. <laughs> from the start. So that's what it's about. It's just a fun song about, I'm so glad not to be with you anymore. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah, and it's so true about the um, how natural it feels because, like, um, I'm the same. Like at home, I switch between English and Bangla like all the time. Yeah. And when I was listening to that, it didn't feel like like stilted at all. It felt like how I would talk. You know, mm. it's right. like yeah, I would just throw in an English word like that. Yeah. <laughs> or like you know, yeah. or like you know, in that case Hindi. But That's yeah, so true. like that. The Fists have created a unique sound by blending their influences, and this is not a one-off. Artists are breaking down barriers of genre more and more resulting in a new wave of music. Sarang is um, classically trained. Um, I originally, before the fifths, was a predominantly heavy rock metal drummer. Uh, and, you know, uh, Rohan's had Hindustani classical training. So, you know, it comes in, in every single, you know, new thing that we try, new song that we try, we bring in these elements one way or the other. It, it was, I mean, it came to a point where when people asked us, what kind of music do you play? You know, we don't want to say Bollywood because we don't just play Bollywood. You know, we don't, it's got electro uh, elements to it. You know, it's mm. got poppy elements to it. It's got a bit of rock in there as well, but not too much. We so. had another word in there, right? We, had, we went through we'll a just bit keep of <laughs> a journey. Yeah. We, had a, we had a word, blues in there, electro pop, yep. Bollywood blues or something yeah. on those yep. lines. So the result was a new band with a new Australian sound defying genre labels, not intending to make a huge cultural statement with their music, but drawing on both their ethnic backgrounds and upbringing in Australia to express who they are. Authenticity. What does it mean to you? With so many people that I talked to, this was an idea that came up again and again. That someone could be inauthentic in such a creative industry blows my mind, but it seems in reality to be a trait that is sometimes in short supply. Artists like The Fifths and Baker Boy are injecting their own experiences into their work, breathing new life and authenticity into the musical landscape. Part of this for The Fifths is singing in Hindi and developing their unique Indian dance flavour. I think if anything, it's people helped welcome yeah. the Indian dancey kind of sound. So I think it's worked in our favour. When it's a mixed crowd or it's more the Australian crowd for them, everything's new, so they, they just enjoy it. And, and I think the fact that we're Indian actually helps us. And yeah. It's a selling point. People come out and people dance, people have fun. Yeah. And at the end of the day, everybody's happy. It's like building your history. It's, it's like building a legacy, I guess. We are finding it easier to express our message or, or feelings through a mix of Hindi and English, which is English. Music is so universal, right? And it just makes me think, wow, like this is talking like thousands and thousands of yeah. years ago. People were learning essentially the same thing. And it makes a lot of difference where you essentially bring the same set of rules together and, and the music just gels. Mm. So 
really great. Yeah. Like, you know, in 10 years ago, you'd, you'd ask someone, hey, what sort of music or what sort of genre do you like listening to? They'd say hip hop or this. But I think today it's become a lot more fluid. Like you transact in songs, not so much a genre. The fifths have managed to tap into the idea that we are all complex beings capable of having varied wants, needs and tastes in every aspect of our lives, including music. So of course we are going to like a range of genres, not simply pop or rock. As a musician, creating your own genre is not only a way to define your identity, but also a way to reach your audience without being pigeonholed into writing music in one genre or another. Namila believes this process of identification, however, goes far beyond genre. I think there's also a shift in terms of how many creatives choose to identify, and definitely within music, but also across other areas of the arts, is that uh, a lot of people do choose to identify as Australian, for instance, even if they're of another diverse background. Um, and I think when it comes to music, one thing that kind of irritates me a bit is that artists of colour are referred to as world music artists, mm. even though they might be doing hip-hop yeah. or they could be doing jazz, etc. Just by virtue of being non-Anglo, it's almost like their race precedes their creativity and their music. And I think that that's uh, something that the Australian music industry needs to really address. In the history of Australian music, there have been numerous cases where non-white artists have been stereotyped by their race. Dismissed as not of high enough quality, Indigenous and ethnic artists have been excluded from mainstream music in the past. The band Mixed Interracial Brothers, for example, were outspoken about their difficulties dealing with the hierarchy of the music industry, who hindered them from getting distribution or airtime, despite their music being well received by their audience. Similarly, talented Indigenous artist Dr. Mark Bin Barker was told in 2014 by promoters that he would not have been booked if they knew he was Aboriginal. The situation is improving, but often ethnic and Indigenous artists are still solely labelled as world music artists or only promoted as part of a cultural festival. Namilla shares her thoughts on how she perceives the cross-section of racism and creativity in music. You know, like we just don't even know how to address this issue of racism and it's like a festering wound on this nation's psyche that won't heal. Uh, and I know that artists, by virtue of being creatives, have always kind of been a reflection of their times, but I tell you what, black and brown artists have got it harder than anyone else and I don't think anyone can argue with that. There's so many uh, wonderful artists who are very proudly black, and that's a political thing in this country. There's so much about that that people find problematic, but I love that despite what their clear politics is about, um, you know, you go to their shows and it's overwhelmingly white audiences, and that is just a, 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 such a poignant and significant way to decolonise a space. scene is indeed changing as a richer collection of artists and musicians feel more comfortable contributing. 
creating a more open space not only for musicians, but for the audiences too. Baker Boy has experienced this positive move firsthand in his performances, as well as through his youth mentoring. Some, some people were just like open mouth, just staring at me like, oh my God, what has he done? What is he doing? But I think it was also like pretty cool to see people like, oh, he's speaking language. And you can see their face like lit up. And it's like the, like the um, okay, excitement on, my, on their face because I work for Indigenous Civil Projects and I'm one of the main artists that go around and teach young Indigenous kids and also non-Indigenous kids to be confident and kind of... It's like a youth leadership program, but through dance, I guess. There's a lot of kids that look up to me and say, I want to be like you, which is really good because it just um, like melts my heart and also um, kind of make me feel like, yes, you are you are doing your job right. As well as seeing more of the youth in his community explore rapping or singing in his own language, Baker Boy would also love to hear a range of other languages in music from the variety of cultures Australia is a host to. Because there's a lot of languages in Australia and damn, it would be pretty cool to kind of have all of them out there so everyone could like, wow, this one's this and this one's that, this language group is this one. Like all that would be so cool, you know. Genre and language blending in music is becoming more and more prominent. This is not only allowing artists more creative freedom, but growing and strengthening community bonds and ties between cultures. While there are barriers such as accessibility, representation and racism in all its varied forms, creatives in the music industry are taking it in their stride, feeding off these obstacles in order to create a richer Australian music landscape for the generations to come. The more Australians embrace the blending of culture and language, allowing artists to create their own space and legacy, the more people in our beautiful country will be able to connect with and understand each other. Jess and Leah expressed their sentiments toward this elegantly. The song men and women of a country are the ones that uphold culture. We just need to have a little bit more diversity within mainstream space to allow these new song and song men and women to come up and be the upholders of these new stories that are, um, yeah, that do create an Australian identity. I'm hopeful. I've seen a lot of change just in the last few years. I think, I think it's music that's going to save this country, actually. I think it's the artists um, and their voice and their stories that's really going to save us as a nation. They're, they're repairing the split of music, self, other, land, place, belonging. They're repairing it and bringing all those things back together. Making it which means life. We're, yeah, we're finding ourselves again. We're, you know, it's, it's amazing. They're actually, there's an element of healing that comes, you know, musicians are kind of healers in that way. Thanks for listening to Sound As Ever, an Australian Music Vault podcast. This episode was produced by Elsie Bath and Shijuti Hussain. Thanks to Sin Media, supporting partner of the Australian Music Vault.